Welcome to the Not Your Average My podcast, where four Hmong American women working to move our community forward one conversation at a time. So tune in every month with Liz, Mania, Monica, and Katie as we dive into politics, pop culture, and all things related to being Hmong American. Let's get it! Hi, everybody. Welcome back. We are so excited to um, join y'all on our last episode of the year. Um, first off, just wanted to wish everyone a really happy Hmong New Year this year, um, which is the topic of this episode. Uh, typically, the Hmong New Year um, is celebrated across the country and the globe um, yes. between like October slash like November through December. And historically, it's been a celebration to give thanks for ancestors and to um, celebrate the end of the harvest season. Um you know, over the time, like in America, obviously our Hmong New Year traditions have shifted to include all things from like the big celebrations at the River Center in Minnesota or outside at like the county fairgrounds in Fresno or Sacramento. Um, and then at home, you know, I think families practice different spiritual things. Um, there's a lot of courting, lots of vendors and dance performances. So yeah, we just wanted to dive into that. And then also, um, reflect on this crazy year. Uh, it's been a really challenging year, as we all know. So um, we will be sharing what our triumphs and um, what our setbacks have been and what our hopes are for next year. And yeah, just, you know, talk about what we're thankful for and what we want to celebrate. So ladies, I... Um, wanted to talk about yeah like how this time is usually like when we're supposed to be at home you know celebrating getting ready for the holidays with like our families um celebrating the Hmong new year but obviously we can't because of the pandemic so i wanted to ask like you ladies what you guys are doing or what you did to celebrate the Hmong new year this year um and like what are what are the new traditions this year since obviously we can't celebrate the ways that we used to Question: Did y'all celebrate Mom New Year like, like growing up, or no? But like, like Monica said, oh, what are the new traditions because we can't celebrate together? I because I felt like I I didn't celebrate and I couldn't. Yeah, um, that's true. I I so like right like I feel like yeah maybe I would have wanted to celebrate like because I didn't go to that Thanksgiving dinner um, thing and I, I would have wanted to dress up in monk clothes or something, but I can't do it by myself. I think that's weird. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> a little extra. <laughs> but maybe, maybe that's what I need to do. Like I need to, um, you know, get my monk clothes and dress up and, and all that. But I, I just posted an old photo of me and Monica. Yeah. Um, in monk clothes. Yeah. That's actually a good point. Cause like, of course I posted pictures and I think everyone else also just posted pictures of themselves among clothes. So mm-hmm. that yeah. was like really um sad and different, but there's been a bunch of like virtual among new years. Have you guys watched? Yeah. Them? Like, I haven't really right? Yeah. I haven't attended a bunch of them. Yeah. I don't, I think this year is, um, it's not that different for me because I don't really, I haven't been to among new year for a while like oh i think once i moved out to dc you know we don't go like we don't really go home during um thanksgiving mm-hmm. i think i only went back to Mount new year in sacramento one year i forgot when probably 2016 mm. that was it but it's 
yeah so i i don't feel like i'm missing out uh but i also feel like it's because i've been so far removed from the celebrations that i don't feel like i'm missing out like it's still the same traditions of trying to hang out with friends and um family right and just celebrating with Hmong new year food um so i think for me it's more about the food like during November, if it's a Thanksgiving dinner, I gotta have my papaya salad. Yes. I gotta have my egg roll. So Ugh. to me, it's more of that. It's just you know celebrating with um with friends who have become family. But um yeah, and I I was think I was reflecting on this with some friends, and I feel like going to New Year's now is so different than when you know when we were younger. Yeah. I mean, when I was like single for a very short amount of time, I was like, it's fun, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, you, it is. You the New Year, yeah, like, single life. Meet people, people. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. But then, you know, like going now as, uh, as, you know, as someone who's a little bit older, it's just kind of different. Yeah. Katie, I don't know about you, like how you feel about the morning years or if oh. you've been <laughs> to one in a while. Wow. I have not been to one in a while, even though I live in St. Paul. Um, it's just, I, it's just been hard. And like, I just don't want to bring all my little kids yet, you know, because yeah. it's just so many people. And of course, you know, with the pandemic this year, there isn't one. The last time I've been to one was probably like out in Fresno or Sacramento when I was living out there too. And, you know, like <laughs> walking into it, like 10 minutes into it, there was like some kind of like fight that broke out in Sacramento. And I'm oh, sort of like, y'all, this is sack. But then I think about it. I'm like, this is all Hmong New Year. So I'm not even, I'm not even going to like bring it down on sack. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So <laughs> it's sort of just like, oh, goodness. But um, I, I'm in line with uh, Manya. I do miss all the food. And that was like the only thing. But when I lived out in California, I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys like charge ridiculous amount of money for this stuff like California it's, like, girl. it's because the menu is so expensive yeah. like you know the price increases every year so i'm like right. i get it they're gonna the increase the food like, at the price how are you guys gonna charge me like 10 some dollars for like a kielbasa that's not even a <laughs> sausage you know like i'm like uh-uh, no i'm gonna go to the store and buy this thing myself so it was yeah, a make lot it of yourself. You know, there's a lot of starving and stuff, mm. but I was like, oh, I did break in and like, you know, or like they're cooked chicken because I went with my mom one year and she wanted like a monk chicken that they cooked. I'm like $15. I'm like, I'm normally not that cheap, but I was like, <laughs> I've been to other monk New Year's, so I'm like, I'm from the Midwest and we don't charge this ridiculous amount of money for it, you know, yeah. and you guys are outside too. So I'm sort of like, what's wrong with this picture? I mean, at least we have ours inside, you know, so... <laughs> You know, it's, I know I was thinking about this because it's so freaking cold during November and December. And Fresno New Year is December. Yeah. It's like late December to early January. Y'all quit lying. And, cold in California. Know, it's, it's like warm here. It's always raining during the New Year's in November, right? So I'm like, Minnesota is pretty smart in that it's a... Uh, it's indoors. Yeah, I so, always but we, but we don't have a blizzard. Like, why do <laughs> place for an indoor? Really? Like, I feel like th- there are like a huge, a huge place for like a huge indoor place. I don't think. I mean, besides like a you know the basketball arena, but yeah. then, I don't know. I mean, that's so strange though. Like having New Year in a, a state in like a well, we have one too arena? in Minnesota. That's how we do at, it though. Uh, yeah, but it's so strange to me to be in the football stadium at the Vikings. Yeah, stadiums, you know. So oh wow, it's not weird. I mean, it happens. It can work. I that's why I always wondered like why but, does California have theirs outside and not? <laughs> I don't know. Probably because of like maybe just because of 
availability the, like, like that and like money but, and stuff because like the fresno one's people, like what like 10 days or a week or yeah, something more people go to fresno anyway so that's why like i don't think there's a, a big enough place to hold all of the people who mm. go to fresno mountain new year like I, I don't think there's a big indoor place right because they consider the fresno new year the international mo uh -huh. new year of the globe or the world that's you know? true so are there a lot of people when you see i was looking forward now that i'm in california i was trying to go this year but sadly i can't because of the pandemic mm. but like oh yeah like so many people go to fresno every single year Dang. just like katie mentioned it is an international i think yeah. it's considered is it international? yeah it is international yeah, it's it's considered the international mo new year yeah. of yeah. the globe is the fresno one um when i went the one year I went, like, 10 years ago, they had just started that, like, dual um, <laughs> Hong New Year thing, whereas there was that, like, inner <laughs> fight between them. Right. Wait, and so fight, then there was, like, that inner fight for attention during – because they both scheduled the new Hong New Year. Oh, the same weekend. Oh, yeah, that right. And so then, like, it was really hard because then, like, some people who are coming out of town, they didn't know which mm -hmm. one to go to. And, like, vendors didn't know which one to go to. And the people who signed up for sports. And so, like, I talked with, like, one of my friends because I met them up. Um, we just happened to run into to each other at, like, the bigger one of the venue. And then they were like, yeah, we just came back. We just finished playing football over there. But then there's, like, nobody there. Like, vendors are crying and stuff like that because Aww. no one's showing up. And I'm just like, mm -hmm. oh. Yeah, I mean, like, and, like, that's one thing about the New Year's that I sort of, like, haven't been going because of that. Because there's so much, um, like, you know, political issues within, oh, yeah, like, the, sure. yeah. the circle of that. And, like, how to, like, police things and not to and just policies and stuff. And I see that a lot of, like, our, you know, older Hmong folks who they get the, you know, crappy end of the stick, you yeah. know, and they're the one who ends up getting hurt, you know. So it's sort of like that's sort of like, I guess, like, sort of like a little my own little protest against it until they can get this stuff together you know so i'm just sort of like but i mean yeah. like what's the point of having a long new year if we can't do it for the people it's more of a profit thing you know and i think that a lot of like people within my generation i'm not talking for them but i feel that a lot of us kind of feel that way you know it's like it kind of like took away from what we remember mm -hmm. what the new year is and there's so much like issues going on you can probably see it like on facebook and all of that i mean everything spills onto social media and stuff so yeah yeah, yeah. I, mean, I feel like i oh, oh yeah, no go ahead. Oh, sorry go ahead Manya. no i was gonna say i feel like i i only went to the, to the new year's to play sports so when i wow. got out of that phase like it's there was really no purpose of going, right? Because that was like the main purpose of going to play sports. And then once, you know, you've kind of outgrown that, there's not much to do, right? And I think if I were, I don't know, maybe more into like dressing up in mom clothes, like that's, you know, I think it would be different. But I always felt like we were forced to dress up in mom clothes where it was so uncomfortable and yeah. it wasn't that much fun. <laughs> It wasn't Aww. that much fun, but but thinking back, like yeah, it you know I'm really thankful that my parents took us because they always said like oh you're so lucky you guys are so lucky because we would take you whereas for other Hmong parents they would just leave their kids at home and they would go themselves yeah so really thankful for that but at the same time um, yeah it's just kind of I think you know people go to Hmong New Year for different purposes and you know it's I, it, however you want to celebrate I think that's really up to you yeah. but it is kind of sad that you know with a pandemic it has to be virtual this year you know i i actually like not going to a physical new year thing aside from the food that's totally on point but um you know like i i've been going to new year's since i was i don't know probably like six 
I remember like, you know, when you dress up in Hmong and you had to go pee and like it was a hot mess, like when you have to go to the bathroom and take off all your stuff. Like I was one of those little kids, right? <laughs> um, it was bad because um, my parents loved it and we always went. But I I did I do think that sometimes like when you go to all that and like it's all about making money. So going back to my, you know, capitalism point, like you kind of like lose like the meaning of that. Like I – don't remember distinctly like watching, you know, um, any, any like key performances except for the pageant. I love the pageant and we can talk about that later. Um, but right. But like us being home, like, I mean, I'm not even watching the virtual new year's that much, but I, I like, I've been watching the virtual concerts, you know, and I like enjoying that part of the culture, right. Instead of like the hassle of going down, waiting in line, fighting for food, you know, and, and all of that. So I kind of like – maybe I'm just an introvert. I kind of like being at home and then just mm-hmm. being us all on the computer. I feel like that's – that's I'm like the complete opposite because I feel like it was always super fun to like go watch. And I think even for us, Liz, our, like when we would go with our girl cousins, you know, Keichia and everybody, like we – Monica was a popular kid. That's why. <laughs> no, I mean, and like, yeah, legit. <laughs> Monica was popular. To meet no, no. up with our friends and go like but it was boys. a social thing though. No, that was the whole thing. thing. Yeah. But Monica, you have friends. Thing. I didn't, but what I did like was I liked trolling all the men who would come up and talk to our older cousin sisters. That was fun. Yeah, that should I, I definitely appreciated that. But I I mean, I and like our little sister, you know, got to do all the dance stuff that like we didn't get to go. So every year we'd have to go to the new year, right? To like wait for her to perform, you know, like wait to see if they won. And yeah, I thought the pageants were cool. And, you know, like meeting up with friends was probably like the number one thing. And like trying to like scout boys was probably like one of the highlights <laughs> for me. All right. So, all right. So I have a real question for you guys. Um, So did any of you guys participate in the ball tossing? And <laughs> did you guys meet anybody through it? No. So not really. I mean, because we were too young. Like, I think, and also our parents are always like, no dating till you go to college or till you graduate from college. And like, I just never was cool enough, (laughs) y'all. We did ball toss with each other, right? And with all of our cousins. And I I ball toss with my friends, you know, like guys and girls. Like I... But for the record... Monica, I think you were there too. Like one time, like these guys did ask for our number, but like um, Zhao and them were like, oh, they're only like 10. Like, and <laughs> I mean, but see, so here, here's the thing though. It's because, you know, our our parents raised us differently to be like, no, you guys should be dating. Like I knew people who were like dating seriously when they were like 10, 12 to like get married, right? Because that's just where the community Are was. Are you sure, the Liz? They're 10. They're, they're fifth grade. Yeah. That's- no, no, no. But like I, I legit like, like middle school now? would hear the Hmong girls talk and be like, <laughs> like, and they were talking oh about stuff like this. And I was like, oh my God. No, and then homegirl like got married like later, you know, and like we were all this. She was in like sixth grade, like that. That's just where our community was oh, at the yeah. time. Yeah, I mean, I do remember that a lot of our cousins did get married much earlier than we expected after meeting people at the New Year's, which yeah. I think is really I mean, sad. But New Year was like a big time for people to get married. Big courting time, man. Let me. That's that's for sure. Yeah, um, I feel like our generation was a little bit different. I mean, yeah, ours I, for sure. 
like freshman year of high school, like, yeah, you know, I was in a relationship. So you go to the New Year's and you bought house. But it was because like we were part of um, a fashion show at oh. the Sacramento Bon Year. So we dressed up in mock clothes and then you just bought house after. But I would have to say I wasn't single for that. <laughs> I wasn't really single. So you don't bought house with with anyone besides your you know your partner at the time right but you had a partner my nia you 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 had a partner yeah, you, but, you know it's it's different um yeah it is so i would say it's so it's fun when you're single like yeah. you know your single days do it's fun and all of these concerts happen and i feel like it's such a good opportunity for male artists to showcase their new music so i would say the concerts are fun the parties are fun when you're single yeah so definitely enjoy it if you're single and if we can have the New Year's next year. <laughs> but see, but our thing is, I think us going back to the Mung New Year now is really different, right? And like um, at this point, right, we're um, leftover women, right? Like I am not going to go find my man at the Mung New Year. You never know, <laughs> Liz, okay? Liz, Liz stop that. You're not leftover. You're not and leftover. Like, I'm not and, leftover. You're not leftover. No, yeah. but you're engaged. Okay, I'm the only single person on this call but right you're now. You're not leftover, okay, Liz? Yeah. And, plus, and you can go to the real Hmong New Year in Thailand if you're really looking oh for But, like, do you want to be with a Hmong person, though? Because, you know, I – I feel like a lot of people put this pressure on themselves to be with a Hmong person. So they do mm. see the Hmong year as one of the ways to find their soulmate or to find their partner in life. So, but I feel like that's so much pressure to put on yourself as well. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, y'all, the internet is amazing. Okay. You can meet anyone on the internet. I would um, pick that over the Hmong New Year. No offense. <laughs> Although, I mean, so this actually does bring up a good point because um, a really interesting phenomenon of um, COVID is that um, because of the travel restrictions, right, like this year, um, you know, a lot of the um, Hmong predators are not going to Laos and Thailand to prey on young women and men, right? And so, um, you know, this really, really badass, um, like Hmong, I think Hmong Thai star, um, Mai Tal, I think it's her, like she was like reflecting, she's just like, you know, it's so good that like Kyungna, the um the new chito to um no uh uh I don't know um nyopo or something like but basically her her metaphor was right like the old the old cows old people old G's are not coming to eat like the fresh grass right and and you know Kia um y'all um like she flew yellow she flew Lena because they're just having a new year like between themselves on their own right. Um, which I thought was like a very, I thought it was really smart for her to have that metaphor, but also like really like insightful for for that reflection, right? Like this is like a silver lining of travel restrictions slash COVID. Where did you hear this again? I, I social media. She posted it. it's um my talk. She, she's um the she's Hua uh, Hua's like like they're in that group of like cool Hmong girls from Thailand and Laos who yeah. sing and rap and stuff. Yeah, I, mean, I think that is valid. And one of my like other biggest concerns about the Hmong New Year, like less about the profits, but more about just gross old men trying to hit on yeah. like young Legit. girls. Um, I mean, which is a problem beyond the Hmong New Year, like for sure. So, but it's mm-hmm. it, but it kind of makes it okay. And that's the thing, like when you ball toss, like you know, it's like it's it's kind of gross, but it's like, oh, we're like just indoctrinating you, right? So, you know, even when we would like ball toss with like our our cousins and stuff, right? Like these old, old people who you know they would never have a chance would be like, oh, Bella, Papa, so, you know, like Bella, what she saw, you know? So it's interesting. Um, 
Because, see, because, I mean, it's not like there wasn't, like, a drift of other old women for them to play, right? And that was, like, a cute thing, too. Like, in the 2000s when all the old people would pop out, okay, which was beautiful, right? Because that was, like, a thing that was taken from them, right? Um, as, as, like, you know, people who had to flee war and stuff. So that was, like, super nice and really cute. But it's, like, also, you know, the the OG people who take advantage, right? And, I mean, and, you know, it's it's, like, maybe they know they'll never have a chance, but it's just gross. I don't know if that's happening now, though, because yeah, yeah, that was that before. I, I don't know if that's oh, happening. Okay, yeah, but we're we're saying like from what we've seen, like growing up and stuff. Yeah, I wasn't really a big New Year person, but I mean, other than just like the Hmong New Year, you know, it is the hoopli where you know most mm. families celebrate and they do, um, you know, give thanks to our ancestors and stuff like that. And so um, if felt a little different a little different this year because there wasn't any big ceremonies within the family um to do that and stuff so a lot of that was done individually and stuff and then my in-laws they did call me to say that they did it and then um you know they saved us some eggs i'm like no go ahead and eat those eggs in the fridge (laughs) but i'm not eating it Two months later, Liz. I'm yeah. sorry, Liz, but I'm not eating and I'm not trying to get food poisoning. So I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> the gestures or like even my parents did, you know, they were like, oh, you know, so the new year's here. This is what we did for it and stuff. So it was just kind of nice conversating with like, you know, um, the elders of my families and stuff like that. That's the other part of the whole new year and stuff. And I kind of miss it. I, as yeah. a kid, you know, you sit at home and you burn the incense all night long and stuff. Yeah. And then you're checking in to see if like anybody like, you know, cause it was almost like Christmas yes. because, you know, after the end there was money that was given to you and stuff, you know? So it was sort of like, Oh, okay. So, um, I don't know. It's just kind of weird. And I kind of missed that because my my brother and us, we all kind of like took turns or stayed up. And, you know, my little brother almost burnt down the house (laughs) with it, you know? So it's sort of like a lot of memories come back about that. Yes. Wait, was that Jeff or Fuji? Just kidding. That was Jeff. He was like only like maybe four (laughs) at the time, you know? And so he was trying to light it. And then like he lit like a a bunch of other stuff, but it was on like the kitchen table and stuff. So it was just like, you know, I mean, he was too little and he was like early in the morning before anyone else got up so maybe like five six in the morning and stuff like that but you know I mean I don't I don't um I guess I really didn't get to think or reflect on that part until we started talking about it you know it's like Mm -hmm. the things that we did at home to celebrate and um you know to call the ancestors and stuff like that so yeah I no I remember that story because I also almost burned our house down (laughs) I I I'm with you Katie like I love I think the one part the nice part of the Hmong New Year is that like everyone's always home. We have big meals, you know, like doing the New Year stuff and then just like having our big Thanksgiving meals together. Um, and like I would also remember like all my siblings and us just like fighting to light an incense stick and waiting until like mm. it was time um, to light the next one. Like I completely forgot about this. I'm, I'm also really sad every year that like we're not home and our parents would call and say, oh, babe, and like you know um don't spend money for the next three days and like everyone's spirit- Did really fall in love though um only like i think loosely like i no i want to say this year i was so good yeah. partially because my card was locked <laughs> but it was perfect timing from the ancestors okay yeah i mean obviously our parents aren't as strict about it but you know they're just like oh don't spend money and we're like okay even though we like probably spent money like I don't know, one out of the three days, but you know, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. 
good times. Yeah, I feel like I like Haiti. I think it's more about spending time with family for me. Um, like I miss the boiled chicken. Yes. Like seriously, we cannot find good mom boiled Legit. chicken here yes. at all. Yeah, and it's so good. Like. Yeah, it's so remember, like you eat so much of it, but then it's still so good. <laughs> yes, and then yeah. that's also the time when going your right, yes. like you would just mm-hmm. make them and make a bunch that will last you throughout the whole winter, and then eat that with like maple syrup or sugar or whatever else you want. So I, I, I feel like I remember doing that. My sisters and I did that so much with my mom growing up, and it took like the whole day just to make um these rice patties. So that's like a pretty good memory of like the Hmong New Year season. I wouldn't necessarily say like the celebration or like the um the fairground celebration itself, but just like Hmong right, New Year season. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, that's that's totally fair. Um yeah. And actually I will admit I even forgot about all the Nyoa stuff because I had just been away for so long. Like I was kind of sad and I remembered, oh like this is my grandma's favorite thing. And even though, you know, my grandma didn't have a lot, like she'd always like make Nyoa me like, okay, me now I need you guys to take these, right? Like this is for you, you know? And Oh my god. Yeah. I I just I because a friend was like, "Hey, like I want to eat yule for for New Year this year." I was like, "Oh, like do we do that?" Like I completely forgot. And then I was, "Oh, wait, no. My grandma made these all the damn time. Like how could I freaking forget?" Like yeah. Oh, do I have I have a hat when it's so long cuz I haven't been home. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like, we can make that's that. Madison's favorite snack. Oh, I, my, yeah, I yeah, yeah, my favorite too. It's a Lee kid thing, man. <laughs> well, she we like it ours fried with a little dash of salt. Yes. That yeah. is the best yeah. way. Oh. I've never had salt <laughs> on it. It's always been sugar. No, the savory it's, kind is really it. good. Yeah, right. yeah you have oh, to yeah, you it. pan fry it with like oil yeah. and then like you and sprinkle just it with some salt. Then wow. That, that yeah. It's really good. Um, so. I mean, okay. Today we got to do an episode on Hmong food and yes. how the yes. very Yes, yes, seriously. Because I didn't know that about um, Yuan. Um, maybe this will. Well, this is like a good segue into like uh, our next, or like you know, reflecting on the year since we're like forty three minutes in. Like, because um, I feel like the New Year, the Hmong New Year, is like so close to like the American New Year, right? That it's like a time for everyone to just like you know, give thanks, be grateful, count our blessings, right? Look forward to the new year. And so, I mean, what? Um, did you ladies like accomplish this year or what was the biggest lesson we learned despite or in spite of the pandemic? I can go first. Um, I can definitely say that 2020 went by like a blur. Um, <clears throat> I, I was so focused on just like finishing my degree, which I did do. But now I think back on it, it feels like it was so long ago. I can't believe it was just like right. a few months yeah. ago. And I then, still have like, your screenshots. Right. And then like to think about like, you know, all, all these challenges that um, happened, it also made me realize that there are so many things that we could have done, but we didn't do until we were presented with the challenge. Like, as you know, we were doing distance learning. No one thought that that was going to be possible ever for our students. And then like giving them all equipments to use, like whether it that's like an iPad or computers. And like now we're doing it and every kid has one. But how come that didn't happen before? Yeah. So it was a lot of like eye awakening, like situations that we overcame and a lot of challenges, you know, so like or like, you know, having like food delivered to their homes and stuff like that when kids were like yeah. hungry and stuff like that. So it was sort of like, you know, like a lot of stuff happened, but we were able to, um, you know, 
be creative or work our way around it. I just wish that it didn't take a pandemic for us to come up with these solutions. And so that's what 2020 um, brought to me was just realizing that we could have done so much more at such an earlier time, but we did not. And so a little like disappointing, but so much more work that needs to be done for 2021. And so mm-hmm. that's what I'm um, leaving 2020 with is like that hope and inspiration to do more in 2021. Yeah. Dang, that's so great. I have no comeback <laughs> to that. I, I just wanted to say, I think it was so um, just really inspiring. I mean, to see like, sadly like what you said katie like it's sad that it had to take a pandemic but like just to see everybody mobilize and like support each other was really inspiring especially for all the teachers who already have so little you know and to like mm-hmm. go the extra mile to make sure their students were like safe fed healthy and like capable right and just in the right mental space to like perform and like go to school so much kudos seriously teachers are the heroes for real, though, so, I mean, because honestly, like, when when Katie says the year went by so quickly, right, like, we, we think that, but, like, as students, that's, like, a fundamental, like, building block year for many people, right? Like, and in some ways, like, if you didn't stay on top of things, right, like, you've fallen behind, you know? Yeah. Um. So props to, to the teachers. Yes. So don't forget about us. Everyone for everyone was celebrating us in the spring, but then like when like the fall hit and they were all teaching their own kids, they're just all like, "Okay, y'all need to come and take our kids away." And I'm like, okay, exactly. Not like we didn't want to. You not like we didn't want to. You know. So yes, yeah, celebrate all of those essential workers. You know, our doctors, our nurses, our teachers, our you know people who work at our grocery stores. I mean, our postal workers, all of that, they all mm. need to be celebrated this year because they all play such a huge role and no one actually like really gave these people like two looks before this, you know? Mm. I mean like they were just like people who did their jobs, but now they're the people who are who are keeping our country going and doing all these things. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a lot of reflecting this year and a lot of like, you know, yeah. things that I know that we still need work on that needs to um continue to do. So how about you, Liz or Manuel? What did what did you all um, achieve this year, or what are you excited and proud of and looking forward to next year? Do you want to go first, Liz? I'm still I'm thinking. Still I'm thinking. like, what happened this year? So much. <laughs> I mean, I I will say a lot has happened. I didn't realize the year had also, you know, gone so quickly. Like I was making a graphic slash video the other day and I put in November and my friend's like, Liz, um, the month is wrong. It's December. <laughs> and I was like, <gasps> so it already gone live and I had to delete it. And Oh no. Um, I mean, it was okay. It was a quick fix. But, um, you know, I think as a – optimists I procrastinate a lot and I've been thinking about this right they they've done studies and they say that the people who procrastinate the most are are optimists and you know that's because you you always think that you have so much time um and I think for me like I this year was this year is like a really rough year um because you know like we all lost so many people that we we knew and like you know cared about And, um, you know, we also lost, like, I mean, some, you know, a lot of people, like, lost um, friends and also, like, relationships, right, and, like, a social life. 
right? Um, and I, I remember laughing because there's that study about, you know, how like men who only go to bars and stuff like um, to hang out with guys like now have to find a new way of making friends. And I kind of laughed at that. But I mean, that's also know, really sad, like, though. <laughs> I mean, it is it is very sad. Right. But I mean, but it, I, I mean, I laughed at that. But then also I'm like, oh, but that's also everybody. Right. Like thinking about like how um, I'm so happy that I have my new job. But I also love, love, love my my current coworkers dearly. And I'm like, holy shit, like, right? Like when we go back, like I will never be able to be back with them in the office, like as coworkers ever again. Right. And I was like, wow, like I can't I can't even remember like the last time that we were like together. I mean, because we were also so scared. So we didn't even hug. We didn't even see each other. And like I was thinking about this yesterday where I'm like, I don't know like when the last time I hugged someone was right like and and like it's just it's so sad because I'm a hugger <laughs> and you know like I um you know I and and also like once I was at the grocery store and because I'm really short I always depend on the tall guys to help me reach things <laughs> and um this guy helped me like get um like vanilla extract imitation once because I, I wanted to bake, but I couldn't even say thank you to him because I was so scared. He's like, oh, I got it for you. So he grabbed it and gave it to me. And then like, I was like, okay, like, and I just like scurried away. Like, it's just, it's been a crazy year. Um, So, you know, all of this is to say that I, I feel like um, it for me, like, personally, I've had to learn to like, give myself grace and and like find ways to show people that I appreciate them. Um, more in other ways, not hugging them, like, you know, and, and all of that. Um, I've also, like, found, I guess, more time to tell people that I, I'm grateful for them and I care about them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, despite also being, like, super busy. Like, um, I know, like, the campaign stuff was kind of crazy, but, you know, like, also realized, oh, wow, the year is almost over and I need to show people, like, I, I love them, I care about them, and I'm grateful for them. Dang, y'all are so deep. I'm like, what am I, what a, I, I should, I should know what I'm reflecting on, but I don't. Um, but I would have to say, looking back at my journal this year, they're not really great memories, which is really sad. Like, I usually just journal all of these negative thoughts down so that, so that I can kind of see my pattern and work towards, you know, not having such negative thoughts in my head. Um. But I think this year, I I just kind of realized that, like, it's not just about me, right? And I, I, I feel like growing up, I, it, it was always giving to so many people, like, always giving, always overextending, whether that's time, money, resources, whatever, like, always giving. So, you know, with the, I would say within, like, the past few years, I was like, I got to focus on myself. I got to do these things for myself, put myself first. So this year, I feel like I've been able to accomplish a lot, like, you know, cross a lot of stuff on my bucket list, uh, which is to own a home, right? And I'm just so thankful for that. But I also felt like it's not just about me, you know, and like on tough days, I'm like, gosh, why am I feeling this way? Like, I I should be so thankful for all of these things that I do have. And um, and I, I and, you know, when I read my journal entries, I'm like, gosh, like, why am I I, I feel so selfish in a way, you know, like. And of course I shouldn't, but I do feel so selfish in a way where it's so fixated on me, like I all the time. And I think for next year, like 
And I and I I say this to provide some context because you know when I and I bring this documentary up all the time, but when I want you know when I watched Stockton on my mind, I'm like, that was like what I wanted to do growing up. Like I'm like, this is what I wrote about in all of my college essays to give back to the community, to do social justice work, and that's what I wrote in all of my you know when I was in college. I wrote for grad school, or wrote for any programs that I applied for, and I I. I I don't know, like maybe my work is not in that. And I, I think that's why it's kind of hard to accept like being in corporate America and wanting to get out of, you know, really end this generational cycle of poverty and do great things for myself and my family. But then at the same time, how, how do you balance that with giving back? And I feel like I haven't found a balance yet. And maybe sometimes I feel like I'm not completely fulfilled in my work because it's mm. not it's not what I had envisioned myself to do when I was younger. And maybe dreams change and that's okay. And I, I probably haven't come to terms with that. Uh, but I, you know, this year I'm like, I, I've just realize that it's not just about me, right? Like, how can I give back and do all of these things that I wanted to do when I was younger, but then still be able to support myself and my family financially? And I don't know, I probably won't find an answer this year, next year. But that's just something that I've been kind of thinking about. And, and like, I shouldn't feel this, uh, this guilt and shame, right, for being at a place that I'm at right now. But at the same time, like, I do. So I don't know if people feel that way when they work in corporate America, especially if they didn't grow up with a lot. But like, I think about like, man, all of these dreams that I have read when I apply to college or when I apply to grad school, and then I'm not really fulfilling them and what I do now. So I don't know. My dear, you still have time. Also, <laughs> you're making a difference with this podcast. And I, I just want to say, I love all of you so much. Like, don't feel like you know, you haven't accomplished your dreams because you still have like more than half your life to live, right? Like there's there's time. Like yeah. I, I think 2020 made it seem like, you know, there wasn't time, but also did make seem like there was a lot of time. So I I, I think you should give yourself some grace to um, you know, figure figure out your your next steps. Or like maybe I just have to accept that it's okay that dreams change. I, I probably haven't accepted that. I don't know. I think that there's always room to dream. I'm a teacher, so um, that is my teacher move right there. But I, I think that like I, I align myself with you again. You know, like I think those that can be like long term goals, and I would love to see not your average mind move into that. Other than become more than just a podcast, you know, be something for the people. Um, I do believe that we do need to give back, just because like we were privileged to live our lives the way we were. That's because someone paved the way for for us, and mm -hmm. you know, I mean, that's the building you know, a better world for all of us. And I do believe that you still have time. And, you know, like I always tell Liz and Monica, I'm like, well, y'all got to quit that nonprofit stuff. Nothing against nonprofit, okay? <laughs> but like you guys got to line your pockets first before you guys can help others. Because it's like, if you're always struggling, eventually you're going to like lose that passion or you're going to like fall into your own worries and like you know you can't keep up what you're doing anymore and I know it sounds selfish but this is what we've learned you know like in our society you need money money is power and all those people who are helping and giving that's because like they have generation of wealth over them and they can give and they can help freely because it's like a side thing it's a hobby for us you know it's like pick and choose either you give or you end up with nothing 
at home to eat, you know? And so it's like, you know, you got to help yourself before you can help others, you know, as selfish as that sounds. But that's the kind of world we live in. Unless, you know, you come across like this big pot of money, let me know because I need to. (laughs) But I mean, like, that's that's the truth, you know, because people are like, why did you, um, you know, like your, your, your undergrad was like in business. Why are you teaching now? And I'm like, I don't know, like I, I, I need to find that passion again of, of what I wanted to do too. Like I want to give back. And that's something that I wanted to do as a kid is like, oh, you know, like teachers had such a big impact on my lives and, you know, I want to give back to my community. And I know that there's so many other kids who are struggling and that are looking for like a role model too. So I want to give back, but that doesn't mean that I don't want to be rich on the side too. So I still got to find a side (laughs) hustle. So if anybody knows one, please let me know, go ahead and DM me a job or something. So, yeah, I know my sisters were telling me the same thing because when I share that with them, they're like, you got to help yourself first. Like you, we have to end this generational cycle of poverty before we can like, you know, you can give back in different ways. Right. So for them, it's like, if you want to give back, you know, like in money, then you got to be financially stable yourself. Right. You can't. So, I mean, but I don't know, like, I, I think I just still have this like guilt. And I think it's probably because like, I, don't live in the neighborhood that I grew up in anymore, but then you still know people who do, right? So like when I go home, it's I like the first thing that comes to mind is like, gosh, it's so depressing here. But I think I'm just reminded of all of the trauma and, and all of the limited resources that we grew up with and the, to know that, you know, youth and people that I know still live in that type of environment. So definitely it's a privilege. And I, you know, I, I'm so thankful for what I have, but I think it's like, this balance of, you know, being a corporate America, but then at the same time, not losing, like not losing sight of what I was passionate about or what I'm passionate about, or maybe I don't even know what I'm passionate about, you know? And I think sometimes like I, I'm so fixated on what I'm good at. Like I'm good at this job, even if I don't love it. And maybe that's what growing up is. Maybe that's what adulting is. Like, I don't know if people feel that way, but you know, I, I feel like for my job, like I'm great at it, but I, do I love it? I don't necessarily love every aspect of it. Um, but, you know, more reflections to come on that. And hopefully I feel differently next year. <laughs> yeah. And that was, yeah. Manya, you said that you were worried about not being deep. Yours was real deep. So you did it. <laughs> I just want to say that I think you already are making a difference, Manya. Just like already being in that space is like, trailblazing for other young like Hmong women and other women of color or just like disadvantaged marginalized people right that have not been able to enter those spaces I think is a difference is is a huge difference and like I I totally feel you though because like I'm struggling with that too like as, as I like begin to think about you know, job search for after graduation, like, do I want to consult or do I want to go back into the nonprofit field or do the work that I like thought I wanted to do? And, you know, I think we can always do it. Like, like Liz and I already, Liz and Katie already said it, so I'm not going to repeat it, but like, you're still so young. And I think, you know, we, we as like, marginalized people would just feel bad for making it right but like you shouldn't like I don't know obviously like I can't tell you how to feel <laughs> but like yeah. you know I think it's something to celebrate because even if other people aren't there like you're you're paving the way right like you're breaking those barriers down so that it's easier for the next person um and you are doing good work like 
all of your stuff that you do on the side to help people like me, like your sisters, like that's breaking the generational traumas, right? Like the generational cycle of poverty that we are all so afraid of. So um, I don't think like it's something to be, you know, sad about, but like something that you should celebrate, even though I know it's really hard to, but you just got to remind yourself that like, you are doing good work. And, you know, I will say like this year I took a critical race theory class. Right. And like capitalism fucking sucks. Like, right. But like, it's never, Seriously. it's never going to go away. And so I think leveraging what we can now, right. And, and doing our part, like, and changing practices, right, whether inside the job or outside the job. But I think you are, like, making a difference and, like, making sure that, like, the systems are built for us because they're not, right? They're not built for us, but, like, you're taking the small step to make sure that it's easier for the next person. Um, also, yeah, part of my reflection is everyone needs to take a critical race theory class. <laughs> you know, I just – I'm really grateful and, like, proud that you're there because then at least now I I know I can call on you and say, you know, Manya, I might want to consult. I don't know very many Hmong people doing that. Um, and I think you could always pivot, you know, like you should do what brings you joy. And if it doesn't bring you joy, like what Marie Kondo says, toss it. Monica, that's to not work at all. <laughs> <laughs> but, I you know, know I, I do want to highlight that, like, you know, I think that you would be perfect for like a mentor, like a mentorship thing um when we had our interview with that high school senior you stepped right in you're like oh okay this is what I do and you sound like mm -hmm. you know um, this is what you want to do I can talk to you about this and also you know we come from very similar backgrounds and you know coming from the same areas and things like that and so I'm like oh see Manya is a natural at this stuff yeah. like she can like fall into that mentorship that's something that you can always do on the side and like you know I don't know if any of our listeners are looking for questions or a mentorship maybe they they can DM um, us or Manya or something like that. Yeah, right. So, but it is like, but I mean, it is like, you know, like I've always had, like, we always had people to step in our lives, like whether it's like mm -hmm. an older sister or older cousin or like just like a colleague or like an older colleague. So like, I've always been very appreciative of that. You know, it's like, you know, that's just awesome to know that someone cares about me. And that's what we need to continue is to build that community. Yeah. And let me just say, Minya, the guilt you feel is capitalism at work. Okay. So don't worry. I know. I'm like, I need to stop internalizing capitalism and like stop feeling that way. But it's it's going to be a lifelong okay, journey. It's a process. Of, yeah. You know, like overcoming the skill and shame for even having something, right? I don't know. I don't know. If you want, you can always offer time or money to my class. You know, <laughs> like if you want to come by and read a book, you know, if you, you want to donate it. stuff, Seriously. you know, it's just like if you're feeling that guilt and you're like, okay, I need to get this guilt off and you need to do a do good, I have plenty of things for you to do. So, yeah, hit us up. Don't don't feel bad. Like you deserve all the good things. Like we all deserve all the good things. You know, it was society and white supremacy that made us feel like we didn't. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna leave my reflection at that. That's my 2020 reflection that we deserve nice things in life, Manya. That's your mantra. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that is, yeah. It is. And then I'm like, like I yes, like I agree. Everyone deserves nice things in life, right? Like we all deserve that. But then I'm also like, how much of it do you need? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. That's that's the other side of it. Like, I mean, so okay, so to clarify, I don't feel bad for 
like I don't feel bad for what I have now. I think it's more of like thinking about folks who don't, right? Like yeah. thinking about my family, like my parents and, you know, extended cousins or first cousins who still live the way that we grew up in. And to me, it's more of like, gosh, how like it's not just about making it. Yeah. It's about like any this whole generational cycle of poverty so that babies who are born don't have to grow up the way that we did. So yeah. I think for me it's more about that. Like it's about the system. Yeah. Because I mean I you know, I'm not like I'm not a millionaire, right? I, I wish I can be, but I'm not. <laughs> um, so so I feel like it's just about the yeah. system and sometimes it just kinda it, it, it's just depressing. Yeah. And yeah. So I'll leave it at that. But I do want to hear more about, you know, your your reflections, Monica. Um, I know that, that was kind of tied to like all of what we have shared. But, you know, for you personally, like, what were you able to accomplish this year? And, you know, what would you do? Would you do anything differently? You know, I think similar to y'all, like, just learning about new, new things, right in school. And like, took my first critical race theory class ever, right? Not that I didn't have like, you know, some some baseline knowledge before, but yeah, I mean, it really like allowed me to really learn and dig deep about like what my values are and like what, where I should be, right? About like um, making the world a better place, right? Like what you're saying when you're right, like how do we break these, these um, systems, these unjust systems and, um. I don't know. I feel like I like I didn't accomplish much, but I also did. It's it's odd because we did so much, but it's all such a blur. And like, oh, are these like, you know, like personal wins, like personal achievements? Like, what did I do personally? You know, like what was my self growth? And, um, you know, I'll be honest, like, I think I'm still like, like, I, I claim to be like a you know, big, woke, liberal person. And like, I, I still feel like I have so much to learn and I'm not as, maybe not as like woke as I should be, you know, or, or like <laughs> as like progressive as I should be, I think is, is something that's kind of been like an awakening. Cause like I go to school at Berkeley with like amazing people who are like freaking stellars in the work that they do. And with like the theories and practices like that they, they practice. Right. And so um, yeah, I, I think for me, that was like a big eye opening thing that like, I still have so much to learn and that like, I, um, and so that's been like a personal reflection that I'm like, trying to grapple with. And I'm really proud of the work we did with the campaign. And like, yeah, I started grad school and I moved to Alaska. And like, that was really new and challenging and like, basically went to school virtual all year. So like, I, I think I'm probably gonna like, run my computer to the ground by the end of next year because we're always online um, and just, yeah, trying, I think amidst all that, trying to like make time and be grateful. But I also feel like I'm really so bad at it because like I fill up so much of my time with all this extra like community work that like I don't have time to like check in with you guys or like check in with, you know, other people unless they like meet me halfway and are like already in a Facebook group with me or already in a text chain, you know? So I think that is going to be like my intention for next year. Just trying, going to try to be better at checking in with people and checking in with myself. I think um, school has really like taught me that to like, has really put me in check. So <laughs> being surrounded by people who I think are like 
really smart, but also like not that smart or like, you know. What are you trying I, to say I right know, now? You know, and Nick always says that like, oh, you shouldn't put these Berkeley people on such a high pedestal. And I'm trying not to do that too. Cause like, oh, you shouldn't. That makes all, me feel because, like, yeah, you know, girl, really girl, conscious. you got to put yourself on a pedestal but, too. Yeah. You, you, your spot, you deserve that yeah. spot. Like, you know, don't, don't put other people on a pedestal and not you. You're I know. Also there, I'm, and right? so that's like, been my like, yeah, balance and like the whole thing of just trying to be like a better, like, you know, learner and like activists or like advocate for my community, right? Like is, has been a, a journey. Did you feel like you, did you feel like you had imposter syndrome in some ways at Berkeley or being a student at Berkeley? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I felt like, I mean, I always struggle with like my writing, right? And I, I thought that like, you know, I was not producing things that are quality, but then I also found myself like, um, kind of feeling like you, Manya, right? That like, oh, I like, how can I be here when I still have family members who aren't, you know, and who like don't even finish high school or who don't even have the resources that I had. So I think just like thinking about that, but also like trying to, yeah, like be, be grateful. And like, Mm -hmm. I think the imposter syndrome like came and like came and went. Like it was like on and off and you knew this when I was applying. Right. Um, but it was um, less, but my cohort's like really great. So no one really makes you feel like othered or no one makes you feel like you're not good enough because everyone is so inclusive. But I think it's just the idea of like um, comparing myself right to these people and that like, Oh my God, these are like such smart, accomplished people. Like how, how will I ever make it to their level? So, mm-hmm. you know, just trying to know. not compare. Don't feel that way. It's hard to not compare ourselves to other people. Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard because like I, I, I say that because um, I've never really had an imposter syndrome in grad school or like in my past job, but in this job, I, in the beginning, I felt like I, I had such bad imposter syndrome and I think that's why I hustle so hard to over, to overcompensate. Right. Yeah. To be like, I do deserve to be here. I, I can do the work. I'm a, hard worker and I tell my siblings all the time like man everyone's a an overachiever and they're like you're an overachiever so why do you feel like you don't belong in that place um yeah so I think you know and like I wanted to clarify earlier too like I think it's the hustle right I feel like the yeah. hustle never ends yeah. and I I'm kind of tired of it like I want the hustle to end but it doesn't end so like how do you pace yourself being in this you know in the space that you're in when when the like when you just always have to hustle and maybe we shouldn't feel like we have to hustle but yeah. maybe that's a mentality that we have as i don't know like first gen students or you know growing up not having that much right I, you know i think that's a great question if our listeners are listening like tell us how do we pace the hustle <laughs> that's yeah. a great question Manya. yeah um but yeah thank you all ladies for just sharing your reflections and um what we're looking forward to next year. I, I hope that everyone, you know, who's listening can, can share with us too, like um, your thoughts, opinions, and what, what y'all have um, accomplished. And um, hopefully we'll see y'all next year. Um, thank you so much, ladies. And thanks everyone for tuning in. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode and we hope you took some lessons away too. You know, like share with us your thoughts, your hustles, your struggles, like, we know it was a really challenging year. Um, we obviously want to send out all of our thoughts and wishes and prayers.
prayers to all the families and everyone who's been impacted by the pandemic and just hope everyone has a safe and healthy year. Um, and we'll see y'all next year. Bye. Happy New Year and yes. happy holidays. Thanks, everyone. Yes, Bye. thanks, everybody. Bye.